this is the testimony of my out-of-body experience, my to hell and back out-of-body experience when I was 17 years old. I had promised in the last video that I would try to dig it up, and I did, and I went through my detachable hard drives and stuff, and it was just too old. It was like three computers ago, probably 2008 or something. So I just didn't have a copy of it, and, you know, they deleted my whole archive off of YouTube. I was able to find it right here. Someone had mirrored it on Daily Motion seven years ago. So there is a copy of it. But keep in mind, just like that, because it is such an old video, it was very primitive. I didn't, you know, I had never spoken online. I was just getting my feet wet with even talking openly about all my experiences with the Lord, because back then it wasn't something that people talked about openly, not um, supernatural stuff, <laughs> you know, religion and church and, you know, that sort of thing was okay. But all of the supernatural encounters with the Lord and these other dimensions, they were sort of taboo. People didn't talk openly about them. They were the things you whispered about, you know, maybe once every 10 years with family members. So all of those years ago, I had never made videos like, like I have now. And not to mention, I was very, very shy, just very shy. And it was very awkward for me to talk about really personal, intimate things like this. So I did the best that I could. And you can see from what's on the screen, the pictures will be really small because I just had my little digital camera. We didn't screen capture back then. I mean, maybe some people could. I had never heard of it. Um, so I just had my little digital camera right in front of me trying to focus it on my computer screen as I went through these pictures. See if you can see down here at the bottom. So I kind of scroll through. You can see some of them are really tiny. Um, I might, I might try to zoom in now. I might screen capture this video and try to zoom in on some of these so you can see better. I don't know. I want to keep the integrity. I hope that you can overlook the poor production quality and probably the sound of me swallowing since the camera microphone was right, right by my chest, by my mouth, away from the, the computer. I hope that you can overlook all of that and still you know, get the the heart of this message. It was what I experienced. The reason I wanted to post it now, again, after all of these years, is because just yesterday I put up this video about the underworld. And I believe the things that I was shown in this out-of-body experience play into everything that we were talking about in that video. Really, actually, everything we've been talking about in this series, these last four videos. Because back then, 30 years ago, I had never heard of sleep paralysis or shadow people or anything like that. And it took decades for me to make sense of it. None of the church leaders or pastors that I spoke with, even after I got radically saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit in my late 20s, um, none of them could help me understand this experience at all, nor did they really have any desire uh, to even look into it. But now, finally, that we are living in the revelation of all things and God is revealing these things to us, I can see that what I experienced all those years ago fits into what I'm talking about right now. 
I know one thing for sure, that it equipped me with certain gifts like faith, that I have rock-solid faith. No great atheistic scholar or debater or professor or anybody has any power over me at all. Take somebody like Christopher Hitchens, who has sold a gazillion books and caused so many humans to lose their faith, has sown so much doubt in the hearts of mankind to make them turn on God and lose their faith in God. Instead of his propaganda working on me, it just makes me pity him. It's just so sad to see somebody so shallow and so inexperienced and so proud to deceive themselves with so much pride and then to deceive others. Because I know he doesn't know. He hasn't had these experiences in other dimensions. He obviously has never met the Lord and stood in the light of the Most High Holy God. So the inexperienced don't get to school the experienced. There's nothing he can say that can convince me that God is not great and that God is not real because I know I'm the experienced one. He's the inexperienced one. He doesn't get to school me. So even though a large portion of this experience was incredibly horrifying and terrifying, it was profoundly eye-opening. There are concepts that I took away from this experience that are irreplaceable. So I'm going to just go ahead and play the testimony. It's about 20 minutes. Before I do that, I want to show you just a couple of pictures, since the pictures that you'll see in the testimony are of such poor quality. So this would be something very similar to the terrain that I saw. But also I wanted to put this graphic up because of this Bible verse, Revelation 18.2. When I start off telling the testimony, because, you know, back then I was still trying to make sense of what was it that I saw? And my interpretation was that I was in hell. But then I also say, but it could be, you know, a vision of the future, even though it wasn't a vision. Like I was there. I went somewhere. I didn't see something or, you know, have a dream about it. I left my body and I went to another place. Just as surely as I am sitting here right now, I was standing there right then. But leaving all possibilities open, in the beginning of the testimony, I had mentioned that could this have been the post-apocalyptic earth after the pit was opened and, you know, they laid waste to the earth. Because, you know, I was basing that on, well, if the Bible says we are going to be resurrected out of here, whether you believe in a rapture or you know, at the second coming of Christ, that he says he went to be with Father and we are going where they are, into higher frequency dimensions, ascending to where they are and our mansions are there. You know, so instead of this whole make America great again, make the earth great again thing, is it that, you know, basically everybody gets what they want. Those who want to go home to be with the Lord, we get to ascend to where they are and then these demons who want to come up and take over the earth, they get to. But, you know, they destroy it and leave it desolate, the abomination of desolation. 
you know, we all say the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Well, maybe this world, this dimension is. So in my testimony back then, I don't really go into any detail. I just mentioned that. Could it be? And so I wanted to, since I'm doing an intro anyway, put this verse on the screen and say, this is why I thought, could, could it be that? So in Revelation 18.2, when it talks about the fall of Babylon and everything, this is what it says. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a cage of every unclean and hateful bird, and a prison for every detestable beast. So that right there sounds a lot like where I was. But like I said, it also sounds like what we've been talking about in the underworld and people who have been taken captive into this underworld, this literal Hades area, this Tartarus, uh, Sheol, things like that. It also sounds like that. So I don't know. You know, that's up to you. I'm just going to share my experience and, you know, you have your own walk with the Lord. Now, I also wanted to show this picture of the terrain, and this isn't exactly it. But when I get to that part of the experience, I the picture on the screen is so blurry because it's a mirror of an already really old, outdated video, and you can't you can't see anything. It just looks like a gray rectangle or something. But it was like an old picture from I think it was a Jumanji movie or something that was popular back then. I couldn't find the same picture, but it was essentially this that when I was struggling to walk and run on the terrain, you know, twisting my ankle and trying to run, and it was such rough terrain, and I thought that it was rocks, it wasn't rocks, that it was bodies. And so this was the picture. They weren't skulls, though. They were these entities, these all black, faceless, and it was just like the whole ground was made of them. It was like a giant Holocaust pit that, Everybody there was just standing on them, the ones that could stand and the ones that were too in too much pain, writhing in too much pain to stand. They just literally fell down on the pit and then they were just another part of the ground. And it was just like an ocean of snakes, um, you know, just barely moving. They, they had so little strength to move. They were in so much torment and pain that, you know, something like lifting your arm was a heroic feet. You talk about depression here, people, oh, I can't get out of bed, I'm so depressed. You, oh, there are concepts that that really I hope nobody ever has to experience. So anyway, when I get to that part of the story, this this is kind of an image that you might use to help understand what it was that I was seeing. And here's another image I wanted to show you. I don't want to put these in because I don't really want to interrupt the flow of the original video. I just want to be able to tell it from my heart like I did. It was a very personal thing for me to share, regardless of how awkward it is. And um, I don't want to turn it into some sort of production. I, I just want to share it with you. But um, to give you an idea, when I talk about the images that flashed in my head of the vacation Bible school thing that I made when I was a little kid. It was just something like this. I mean, it wasn't this. This was very similar. It was just like a little woven heart-shaped fan, and it had a little sticker in the middle just like this, and it just said Jesus. And um, that, you know, that shows you that everything that we do, every seed that we plant, he will use. 
because I had very little to draw on to know his name. But at that point of the utmost peril, I was able to pull these memories out of my mind. Savior equals Jesus. Someone had told me that there was a Savior named Jesus. And one of them was that. It was that little thing I made in Vacation Bible School, and it just said, inside the heart, Jesus. So if you work with little, little kids in Vacation Bible School and stuff, don't think that you're not making an impact because you're not talking about, like, super high-tech science or something. Everything that you are doing to tell people about Jesus at all levels, never stop planting seeds. Throw your seed as far and wide as you can. Tell everybody you can because God will use it. And he used these volunteers, these old ladies at this vacation Bible school. Um, you know, as kids just went because we wanted to get together in the summer and play and all of that. But he used them. And I remembered his name when I needed it most. And the same with my dad, even though I say he didn't get saved until, you know, he was well into his 40s and I was already grown and out of the house. He did. He was raised by parents uh, who went to a primitive Baptist church. They didn't believe in musical instruments and, you know, stuff like that. So it wasn't anything that he he didn't stay in that church when he grew up or anything. But he did remember when his parents had drugged their nine kids <laughs> to that old Baptist church. And he had heard, he had heard about Jesus. And in turn, he was able to pass that along to me even before he got full of the Holy Spirit and, you know, on fire for Jesus because he had little songs that he had heard when he was growing up. And he used to use them to torment me when I was a lazy teenager <laughs> and I wanted to sleep in on the weekends or in the summer. And I, he would come in and get out of bed and I'd throw the blankets over my head, get out of my room. And he would sing these annoying songs just laughing at me. And there he would stand in the doorway of my room with his coffee cup and his big grin, just getting a huge kick out of how much he was irritating me. And little did he know what an important role that he was playing when he was singing that little ditty about Jesus. Okay, without further ado, this is the experience that I wanted to share with you guys, to the best of my recollection. Okay, this experience um, was an out-of-body experience. Uh, it was not a dream or a vision. I was here. I went to this place. Um, you could call it a near-death experience or whatever, but as far as I know, I, I wasn't near death. I just went to bed one night and I felt a presence in the room, a very dark presence. And this happened to me a few times throughout my life, a sort of demonic battle. Um, but it came into my room and I started feeling my tongue got really thick and I felt sort of paralyzed and I felt myself sort of being drawn like a magnet, like a magnet draws metal to itself. I was being drawn out of my body and my life force was coming. It came up from my feet like it was kind of rolling up into my head and then I came out. And the first thing I realized when I was out of my body is I was in total darkness complete pitch black total darkness i could tell that the terrain was i pulled up some pictures uh just stuff i i skimmed over on the internet to kind of give you an idea 
of what I saw and what it looked like. Obviously, they're not perfect. It's not exact, but it'll give you sort of an idea of what I was seeing when I was there. Um, it was a very rocky terrain, um, just dead, desolate, sort of um, cave-looking uh, rocks everywhere. Dead, I think there were like some dead trees and stuff, you know, brush kind of poking out here and there. Uh, so it could have been, I, I took this as an experience of hell, that I was in hell. Um, it could be an experience of a post-apocalyptic world, um, say like this world, if it's on its way to hell, like the progression of what it would be like, you know, if everything died and the sun went out and the only thing, like the Bible talks about, you know, that it becomes a wasteland and a trap for foul spirits. So it could be a post-apocalyptic world. It could be even be uh, the underworld that people talk about, uh, Sheol and all that inside the earth uh, with this rocky terrain. I, I don't know. I took it. I was a kid when this happened. This was over 30 years ago. Um, I was a teenager. I guess I had just come to the age of accountability and uh, was not paying any attention uh, to God or anything spiritual, uh, just very selfish and materialistic and all of that. So anyway, back to the experience. So when I, as soon as I was out of my body, I found myself in this place. It was complete darkness, total darkness, this rocky terrain like this. Um, yeah, sort of, that's exactly sort of what it looked like, minus the light. Um, you know, just desolation, sort of, as far as you could see. And then I focused on, I saw, it was terrifying. And I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what had happened. I was still me. I had all of my, my memories and everything. And I was trying to figure out where I was and what had happened. And had I died and was I in hell? I, that's what I felt like, terror, total terror. I thought, I thought that I was in hell. And uh, so I saw this light off in the distance, just one speck of light in the darkness, and I just took off running for it. I just ran as fast as I could. I just wanted to get to light. I, I, I just wanted the darkness to go away. I wanted to see some light. So I ran towards this speck of light. And as I got closer, I started to make out, you know, that's really when I started to make out the terrain around me and see what it, you know what it was what the landscape was like so i got closer and there was this orange red glow just uh, a a color that i can't even explain in human words i don't think we have a vocabulary word for it it was a supernatural like a red that i've never seen before that's more red and more intense uh, just a red orange glow and so i kept then i slowed down and started approaching it and as I got closer, what I saw was it was a pyramid. It was a glowing red-orange pyramid. And the strange thing about it was that it was upside down. It was, it looked just like those pictures I just showed with the, the sort of red-orange glow, a real pyramid, but it was like this. It was standing on its point and it was 
it was rotating very slowly and it was hovering off the ground. It was, oh gosh, I don't know, I'd have to say like four feet, five feet off the ground, just hovering in midair and just spinning very slowly. And all around it were these people. Uh, I call them the elders, but they were, I could tell they were powerful and they walked in a circle around the pyramid just very slowly, really creepy slowly, almost like slow motion and never looked up, never changed their attention. They just walked really slowly and they were chanting something. They had a chant, they were all chanting it together and walking slowly around this pyramid. These are some of the pictures of what they looked like. I did not see their faces. It was, their heads were tipped down a little. So I don't know if they had faces, I don't know that they were even human. They had a, you know, human form, arms and legs and a head, but uh, I don't know what they were underneath there because I could not see their faces. They were all in these robes. And it kind of reminds me of this, these things you see at these award ceremonies and stuff where they do all this demonic stuff. Looks like, you know, they're calling up demons and they're, going around a flame or, you know, this is a pyramid. So that's a little creepy, but, um, obviously what we see with the pagans and the witchcraft, that was exactly what I saw. I mean, it was like a rocky terrain like this, only all of these people, they weren't holding hands or anything. They were in these hooded robes and they weren't black robes like the grim reaper or anything they were burlap brown they were dark brown and burlappy looking robes and these are just some more pictures that kind of remind me of it the way it was so dark and I, I don't know it seemed like there were 10 or 12 of these elders going around the upside down pyramid as it hovered and doing their chant um, these are Bohemian Grove, you know, but this reminds me, it's really, it's, it's really scary. It reminds me very much of these uh, hooded robed people that were in this dark, rocky place doing this ceremony that are doing this, uh, this chant around this upside down pyramid. Anyway, so when I saw that, then I got really scared and instead of going Toward the light, I didn't know where to go. So I started to run back away from the light, uh, back towards the darkness. And this is what I saw. These black people came after me. They were, uh, they had no faces, no hair. They just looked like human forms, blank human forms like this and covered in black spandex. And that's what their faces looked like too. Like there was a nose and stuff under there, but there was no face over it. And uh, of course it didn't look like this, like they were wearing clothes. It just looked like they were blank black human forms with no faces, no hair, not male or female, just like that. Um, here's another one. They weren't wearing robes. These people, they, the blank faceless black forms, they weren't wearing hoods or robes or anything. They were more like that. Um, and mixed in amongst them, 
were these black forms and they were wearing human faces as masks like actual not like halloween masks these were flesh faces that were on them that looked alive and they were just like that they were just the circle of the face on the black blank form and i saw people i knew some of these black beings were wearing the faces of uh, one of them was a family member and uh it just terrified me that these these beings were wearing the human faces not all of them most of them were not in fact but just sprinkled throughout uh, some of them were wearing human faces and faces that I recognized. And so this one, uh, they were grabbing at me. They were all grabbing at me and clawing at me. And uh, the terror was unimaginable. I could feel, I could feel everything they felt. The fear, the hate, it was like we were of one mind when we were there. I could feel everything. The hatred, one for another, the anger, the pain and the misery. And like everybody trying to inflict it on everybody else just to get a, a millisecond of relief to release some of that. But when you released that and then inflicted that pain on somebody else there, then you in turn felt it because everybody was connected mentally, like a singularity type thing. And uh, so there was, there was no escape. There was no relief. It was, it was unimaginable. It took me 20 years to tell this story without crying. That's, that's how horrific this place was and how horrific it was to be of one consciousness uh, with the people in this dimension. And uh, anyway, so they're clawing at me and trying to trying to keep me there and trying to destroy me and hurt me and bite me and and everything, everything that I won't even speak to me. And I realize that I'm just one of them, that, you know, I, I was I was a dark in darkness and I just fell to my knees. I just hopeless. I wanted to die, but I couldn't die. There was no dying there. There was no time. The life was eternal and you just, I mean, it was unbearable. It was impossible to bear this amount of pain and sorrow and grief and hatred, but you had to, you had to because you couldn't die. And so I fell down on my knees and just just gave up like it just fell down and couldn't it was so overwhelming that i could not move and that's when i realized that the ground that i was on wasn't ground that i had been running on and struggling to run through wasn't ground at all it was just piles and piles of people like me on this ocean of lost souls and we were it was they were just laying there some ju just like me just barely able to moan the pain was so intense that you couldn't hardly even scream anymore or cry anymore you just barely it was like an ocean of snakes like barely moving just these black bodies and now i was laying on top i was one of them 
and all I could think was when I was a little, little kid, I had gone to, my parents had sent me to uh, vacation Bible school. My mom was a believer, although she wasn't, we weren't practicing, we didn't go to church a lot or anything like that. My dad wasn't saved yet. Uh, neither of my brothers were saved or anything like that. So, uh, you know, I didn't know anything really about church or any of that. But I had gone to vacation Bible school with neighbors a few times. My mom had sent me to, to local vacation Bible schools and things like that. And I remembered making this fan in a craft class and it was shaped like a heart. And in the center, it said, Jesus. And that popped in my mind. And then my second thought was my dad used to come into my room and wake me up as a teenager and it would drive me crazy singing this cheesy little jingle about Jesus will help you on your way, get up and start your day or something like that with his coffee cup. And it would drive me crazy. Uh, but that popped into my mind. And so it hit me like an epiphany salvation i need i need saved i need a savior someone's got to save me i can't save myself from this so i just screamed out jesus save me and uh bam it was that fast and as soon i mean i think even before i i said the words it was like as soon as the thought enters the speed of thought entered my mind uh, this door, oh, it looked like a door, it looked like that, like a, a door opened in the blackness, right in the midst of the blackness above me, and this light, bright, perfect, beautiful white shone through, and I started to go toward the light, and one of those beings grabbed my arm, and I looked away, and the light started to leave. When I looked away from the light, the door started to close and it terrified me. I thought I would, had missed my chance by looking back at the darkness, but there was a crack in the door and the light and I looked at it and I went and I went into the light and it was the most amazing feeling. It was it was beyond words, excuse me, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I thought I could tell this story without crying, but I guess I can. Anyway, it was so beautiful. It was, and coming from that place, it was to know, to just to know that there was salvation, that there was an escape where this, from this place uh, was more than, the most enjoyable ecstasy. I mean, you can't imagine. There's no ecstasy pill you can take. There's no orgasm you can have. There's no high from any drug. There's nothing that you can do on this earth that will compare to the pleasure and the joy and the peace that was in that light and the power that coming from such a powerless feeling that in that light, I felt like a God. I felt like every cell in my body, every nucleus in every cell was having an atomic 
explosion. Like I felt so alive. I felt like I was made of universes. I had so much power and joy and knowledge and all of that in the light. And I still was myself. I, I still had all the memories that I have as a person in the light as I was thinking, oh, I'm, I'm leaving my family. Like, the, you know, that's, that's sad that my, you know, I'm leaving my parents. I won't be with them anymore and my siblings and stuff. I'm leaving the earth. And, uh, but I wasn't sad. There were no negative emotions. I had the understanding of it and the understanding that it's okay. Everything's okay. Everything's going according to plan. And, uh, then when I was in the light, I just have glimpses. It gets foggy. My recollection of what, what we talked about. I just remember that after that thought that, oh, I'm leaving my family and all of that, that, uh, something we came to a decision like it was both it wasn't like God told me you do this and it wasn't like I made the decision by myself it was like we were of one mind and we decided that I needed to come back and finish my job and and then I was back in my I was back in my body I was back in my body in my bed and I was awake, but my body was still asleep. I was still conscious uh, as a consciousness, as a soul, uh, but I couldn't get my body to wake up. And uh, plus it was strange because I had two, at that time I had two thought processes going on because when I came back into my body, my body, my brain, my flesh brain was having a dream uh, about a cartoon of all things. I was a kid, so. I was dreaming about Popeye or something. I believe it was Popeye, a Popeye cartoon. But while that was going on in my brain, I, I, me, this soul, this spirit, this consciousness was also in there thinking, how do I wake my body up? I need to tell somebody about this. And finally, I pulled myself together, literally, and I dove for the, the light and flipped the light switch on, went just pounded on my parents door woke them up and said get a bible i've been somewhere you know i needed i needed somebody to tell me what was going on and uh my parents were gracious and they got up and they got a bible and we sat down and talked about it i don't know if they ever believed it was anything other than a dream and uh nobody in my family uh really believed in out-of-body experience experiences or uh any of that I, or maybe they did and it just wasn't something we talked about i mean just like every other family uh we've had our fair share of paranormal experiences that we talk about quietly uh amongst ourselves and that type of thing uh, but no, it wasn't something that we talked about or really admitted to or any anything like that on a daily basis. So nobody, I don't know if they just didn't know what to say about it or what. So after that day, I don't ever remember talking to them about it, but I've carried it my whole life. And this is a true experience. I had an out-of-body experience and I saw hell or something resembling hell a post-apocalyptic something and that's what i saw and the one who saved me from it his name was jesus and you should know that 
because nobody, 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 no matter how awful they are, you think they are, nobody wants to go there. Nobody deserves to go there. Or I guess really we, from looking down and seeing, I was one of them, I guess in reality, we all deserve to go there. Uh, but there's, there's hope. There's hope that we don't have to live with our betrayal of God and uh, that he forgives us and he loves us and he will do anything to save us. All we have to do is ask. He's not some uh, tyrant or some spiritual rapist who's going to force himself on you. You have free will and he will come. All you have to do is ask. It's really that simple. Don't go to hell, folks. Please believe me. This really happened. This is real. Please believe me. Um, and I thought I should share that. Hopefully it helps somebody. Again, I love you guys and God bless you all.